Welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Woodbine on Saturday, September 17th, 2022. This is show number 190, September 16th, 2022. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how's September treating you? It's great. We've got the good September weather and nice September racing. On the podcast, we had a little change of venue and covered Kentucky Downs last week and their turf racing. And this week, we moved farther north and cover primarily turf racing at beautiful Woodbine Racecourse. And I'm looking forward to it for the Woodbine Mile, which is always a good race. And it's about time we did a pod for Woodbine. I realized we probably haven't done one since last year at this time. And we have a special returning guest returning for this day. He's a live bankroll contest specialist. He won the Breeders' Cup betting challenge, winning over 300000 in cash and prize money. He's back for the sixth time on the Sport of Kings pod. He's taking another brief respite from retirement to appear on the pod. He's Tommy the Hammer Massis. Tommy, welcome back. I need I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, to I'm a Good morning, guys. How's it going? <laughs> That's good. Uh, it, it's good. Uh, it's morning for you, huh? Did you just get to the track? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what time you're playing this, so I figure we're talking like we're at the racetrack ready to go for Woodbine Mile Day. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, and by, pod- and by the way, the September weather is nice if you're a penguin. <laughs> well, you did say that the heat was on where you are. I guess it's a little chilly even here in New York. Yeah. No, where, where I sit at Woodbine, um, the Woodbine Club at the back. So they got the air on in here when it's real hot, but they have these floor heaters that go right across like a 60 foot wall. And I turned them on from opening day and they haven't gone off. <laughs> now tell us uh I, you know i haven't i haven't been on twitter very much so i'm not sure what you've been up to um but you were retired as of last year and the question is what are you up to now in the horse racing business well i don't know retired retired from really playing seriously i still can't live without the track i own a few horses you know I do uh, a radio spot, race day Las Vegas for Woodbine. That's kind of fun. And that's about it. I just live in my life, man, living a great life and, and just enjoying my old age. Are you there today as a better or as an owner or as a, just a, a racetrack groupie? Yeah. Well, I went to hang out. I spent the uh, $120 in the pick four. That's all I spent today. I keep two horses, 
23 to 1 and 11 to 1. The 23 to 1 loss busted my win four. The 11 to 1 win, and you know, I lost the 120s. The other horse gets home. I grab like about 30, 40 G's with, with that $120 bet. A bad beat story for, for the pod. Well, no, it's not a bad beat story. Oh, the horse, the horse, the horse came fourth or fifth, right? But just I'm saying, that's my, you know, that's how much action I, you know, I bet today. I, I like two horses. Keaton both of the pick four was alive. You know, was alive. If I, if I was alive, like twelve dollar one, going cold, cold, and you know, started eight to one onto onto two to one. You know. Just figure that if it, if it hits, it's eight to one, two to one, twenty to one, and eleven to one, and hitting it like twelve times, twelve dollars worth. So I'm still dangerous, but you know, I'm, I'm really the only only big bets I, I'm making are in Hong Kong when there's a pick six carryover, and that's about it. Okay, well, let's let's hope you're hot tomorrow, uh, Chris. Do you have any questions for Tommy? Yeah, one question I think could be helpful for the sequence. I think three of the races we're covering are at the one-mile, one-turn distance on the outer turf course, the main turf course. Since uh, we have so many races on that course, anything in particular players should pay attention to in those one-mile races? No, I kind of look at, you know, we had a – you go back to the last couple of weeks, it was kind of playing down the middle of the track off the pace, but you know, I've learned that week to week it changes. Uh, our, our track was playing or the main track was playing uh, speed rail the last couple of weeks and they, they added gel to the track on Tuesday. And then, you know, now they you know, it's a bit more fair off the pace. So, you know, you follow, I don't follow where they put the rail and, you know, the rail will be down. I don't know if it was up or not. I can't even remember. I just look for pace set, setups and try to separate, you know, you know, try to get a horse is not as good as the favorite to win and trying to work out a, the pace scenario on the turf. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to be in a battle, but then again, if you get loose on the lead, you're going to be dangerous. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC Qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to Round 2, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get Tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly Round 1 begins. If you join the Tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. Okay, well, let's get started. Uh, it's a great sequence. We'll start with the seventh race. It's the Patterson Summer Stakes Grade 1. Mile on the turf, purse of 500000 for two-year-olds. Tommy, what do you got? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, it's it's a race for me. It's a tough race to handicap. You know, the one mysterious night. You know, everything this guy sent over in the past has probably been like they're robots that can lose. I don't think this one is that great. But having said that, you know, probably still lay over the field. You know, there's a Chad Brown that 
you know, won first time out, ran pretty good in a stake race, got in some trouble. And there's another local horse, number six, Philip Dear, who's been like, you know, Silky Sullivan in the stretch twice, just absolute robotic. So it's coming down to, you know, three horses and they're all low prices. And then you look at the other ones, there's, you know, two Marcassis, a couple other good trainers. These sort you know, it's an for me, it's. I think might be better off to skip the seventh race and play the pick four, or see when that board opens up. Hopefully, uh, Charles App will be the one, and and Chad Brown three take a lot of money, and if if Philip Mydear sitting like at four to one or something, I might key him in the pick five. But you know, there's no use starting off with the three favorites and still can get beat but even if you do win you're still standing where you were standing before the race so either i key fill up my beer or i just skip the sequence and play the the pick four starting in race eight okay fill up my dear two for two and i'll 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 make him your top pick since he's he's the one you might key chris what do you think well i agree um the, the two favorites mysterious night the appleby horse and the Chad Brown horse are kind of the obvious ones. And Appleby has been pretty unbeatable at Woodbine. In fact, I think he's won his last five races there, including this race last year. So anything he sends over, you have to respect. Of course, you respect Chad Brown as well. I don't really like Philip My Dear much. Um, that's if that. I don't think the horse will be two to one. I think um, I can't believe that horse will be a lower price than the Chad Brown horse, but. Um, I don't like it either way, but there is a live long shot in here that I like quite a bit, and that's the five horse Sammy Stone, who's still a maiden and only has one start over synth. But if you watch that race, uh, the horse kind of broke slow and then almost went down. I don't know if it clipped heels or what. You couldn't really tell, but it it almost went down. That uh, somehow the rider stayed on, the horse stayed up. But it dropped way, way back off of that. And you would figure, you know, it's game over. Uh, he was probably 10 or 15 lengths behind the pack. But then uh, heading into the turn, he just started moving. And by the time they came out of the turn, he had caught the pack. And by the time the race was over, he was up into second. And he galloped out really strong. And it was on a day where I thought, you know, looking at the races, it was kind of a speed-favoring track. So to me, that was a monster effort doesn't get you know much of a speed figure but i don't i think you just ignore the figure i don't know if how much it's going to improve but i gotta believe it's gonna it's the best of the local horses i think um and it's probably gonna be the biggest price it's the longest price on the board and i don't know if it's good enough to beat the favorites but that's the horse i'm interested in that's a horse i'll play to win and key in the race um and you know to me, that name, Sammy Stone, sounds like a rock star. So I think, I hope this horse is, you know, rocking through the stretch and into the winter circle. All right. Well, I, uh, I have a synthesis of your two picks. I am going to put Philip, my dear, on top. He had no room most of the stretch in his first, in his last race. He still managed to overcome and win well. Um, he's a little slower than the others, but I like the pattern where he improved just a little bit in his second race and um he he still overcame some trouble so 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 i i feel pretty strongly about him winning 
But my next pick is Sammy Stone, who I would absolutely use. Had major trouble at the start, um, closed well, and is turf bred. So those would be my two. And I, I, Mysterious Night looked okay, just one, two to five versus four other horses. Trainer, the trainer, you know, I was reading the trainer uh, speak, and he basically said, this, these are the three quotes I got from him. He won his last. He's a tough horse, and Jason is happy with him. And that's all he said about this horse. I'm thinking he was just a plain companion for modern games, so I'm not really too worried about him, but I probably have him with uh, with other long shots just to be safe. Anything to add, Tommy? Yeah, well, from, from uh, the two program favorites, if you watch the, the last of Mysterious Night, you know, he win, but he wasn't impressive. Seemed to be even just hanging a bit at the end. And but if you watch Philip, my dear, those races don't happen on the Woodbine turf too often, where you come from dead last in between horses and you know stops and starts. You know, uh, and and talking about speed figures, man, it, it's a tricky puzzle. Uh, I think the guys who do the figures at Woodbine are lost in space. They can't decide. You know, they can't filter the three surfaces and it's just you know you see some horses they, they run 60s on one surface 40s on another and it's consistent and it's just got to be wrong and and having said that i think philip my dear his figures you can move up because the there's not really that many cheap races on the outer turf course the ep taylor turf course most of them are kind of moved into the inner or they're on the synthetic so i think that kind of deflates the number Yeah, I don't have much to add. I, I still don't like Philip, my dear, of all the horses in the race. I think it's the one least bred to get the distance. So I don't know. I, you guys are real positive. I'm, I'm negative. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not real positive. I got it between three favorites and open to everyone else. So I'm probably going to just skip the, the, the race. <laughs> I don't know. The dam was a routing stakes winner on turf. Uh, I'm not worried about the breeding at all. Yeah, and the trainer, the trainer takes his time, and he's a specialist on the stretch out. You know, he he claimed uh, he he took Starship Jubilee was a five furlong sprint horse at Gulfstream, and you know, got him to run all day and be a champion horse. Really. He has a two eighteen ROI first route. <laughs> just just add fuel to that, but um, but uh. We'll move on to the eighth race, which is the Seaway Stakes, a grade three, seven furlongs on synthetic, purse of 150000 for Phillies Mares, three-year-olds and up. Chris, what do you got here? I'm going to be a little chalky here. Um, the five super sensational I've cashed on this horse before. Always thought it was good, runs well on any surface, but you could could probably make a case that synth might be the best surface hasn't been on it since it was a two-year-old but you know it it ran very impressive races uh, on the woodbine synth now it gets back there third off a layoff has been facing much tougher horses uh, i think just crushes this field um you're not going to get a big price but with the um the nine horse lady spite spear in probably will go off favored, but you won't, you know, super sensation won't even be the favorite. So I'm going to lean really heavily on that horse. There is a live long shot in here. I like as well, 
but um, for me, super sensational, very, very strong um, play. Super sensational, two for two on synthetic hammer. What are you thinking? Yeah, I like super sensation too. The only other horse I like is Hazelbrook, who's won three in a row and, and really won them easy. It doesn't look like easy, but this horse is really, really, really becoming a killer. And, you know, I think at, at, at those odds, at, you know, three to one on the five and seven to one or eight to one on the seven, if that's reality and it might be. It's a no-brainer for me. I'll take the seven over the five. You know, Lady Spates, Spates fear is no slouch, but I think the Tate scenario is going to help the other two. Well, Super Sensational can do whatever he wants, and and Hazelbrook's going to going to come running. You know, I don't know at what point in the race, maybe too early and get hooked, but yeah, at the five and seven, and if there's a big disparity on odds, definitely go to the seven. Well, I am uh, also on Hazelbrook. Uh, she's five for her last six. I guess she's five for seven lifetime. She won it easily. She earned the best last out last out fig of these horses. I don't think I doubt she's as high as eight to one. You know, just that record is pretty stellar, and she did win pretty easily. So anybody who watched that replay is going to be like Hazelbrook. Um, but I wouldn't single her. There, there is a chance that she reacts off that um, the, that race and, and her previous race. I would also use Dreaming of Drew, who may have a, an easy time on the lead, worked a sensational 58-2 before her last race, and was bumped at the start of that race. That could have contributed to her losing to Lady Spitesphere. And she continues to work well, bullets, and she cuts back in distance for this. So Hazelbrook and Dreaming of Drew for me. Yeah, Hazelbrook looks pretty solid. The only thing to note is, you know, somehow Super Sensational is getting a five-pound weight break from Hazelbrook and Lady Spitespear, which makes her even tougher. And I do think of the three, she's got a tactical edge. I think, uh, or maybe, maybe you know, Hazelbrook will be up near the lead. I don't think it's going to be very fast-paced. I think Super Sensational can get whatever trip she want they want with her. The other long shot I like in here, though, and I've been waiting to play this horse, is the six horse, the grass is blue. I've been waiting for them to put her on the turf. They entered her on the turf um, and scratched. Um, I think she's really sitting on a big race, and now it's not the turf, but synth, and, and synth may be just as good. I think this horse is really meant for the turf or the synth, and it's never been on either surface. Um, you know, they've been trying her long on the dirt, which I just don't think is her game. I think she's really sitting on a big race, and I don't think she's good enough to beat Super Sensational if Super Sensational runs, but I think she's good enough to beat all the rest, and she'll be a big price. And if Super Sensational, you know, doesn't fire, I wouldn't be shocked to see the six in the winner's circle. So that's my my price play. Uh, primarily underneath Super Sensational, but I'll probably use her as a backup in the pick five. Um, I, I really do think she's ready to run big, and she comes obviously from a good barn with Graham Motion and uh, gets Franco, who, you know, in this jockey colony, I think he kind of stands out a bit. So I think he's underrated in, in the colony he usually rides in, and I think among these riders, except for maybe William Buick, he's probably as good or better than any of them. So I think that that helps as well. 
Why do you think, you know, this horse ran several races for Chad Brown and so far three for Grand Motion? They're both known as turf trainers. Why do you think they wouldn't put her on turf? I don't know. If you look at her breeding, she's bred top and bottom to run well on turf. I mean, uh, and there's just no reason why they haven't, other than she had ran some big races on dirt. And, you know, that's where the money is. But I think, you know, they she ran a, a really nice race in her second race, or actually her first two races were both really good. And she kind of got on the, not the, the Philly Triple Crown Trail, but all those rich races for three-year-olds, you know, they're all on the dirt going long for the most part. And she had shown an affinity, so, you know, some talent. But I think all along she's been meant for the turf. And this is where she, they they entered her and scratched her. I don't remember exactly what where the spot was, but I know I was ready to play her that day. Um, so I like the fact that you now here she is on, I w- would even be more excited if it was turf, but synth. Um, actually, her sire, Broken Val, might even do better with synth runners. So we'll see. Um, but I, I think this is where you get a chance at a big price on her. Yeah, just one thing I'd give a heads up in this race with three Marcas is I wouldn't be surprised if he sent the five as a rabbit. It, just every time he has these multiple entries, they're up to shenanigans. They're always, you know, either pressing somebody or letting one of them get loose, blocking. You know, it's obscene what this guy does here, but. I just wouldn't be surprised. That's all. Who 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 do you think he'd be trying to win with if he sh- if he no, sent who knows with this guy? But who knows with this guy? I, I would say that the horse he got from Chad Brown for his eagle. I don't know. I, you just you just you know I I watch every every race down here and every time you know it's been for years now. Every time he has you know two three four of them in a race, there's always some BS going on. It's mind blowing. He did it last time. He did it last time with Beyond My Budget. I don't know who, who he had in the race. He was trying to set up one of the other favorites. And if Beyond My Budget just let the other horse go, he would have won the race, cost him the race trying to be a rabbit. 19 to 1. Well, but, I would you think. Know, you just keep. It, it's just, I, I could never guess what he's going to do or what they're going to do, but. There's always something insane that happens when he has three horses or four in a stake. Well, it almost seems like if he's going to send one, it's going to be the one from the rail who kind of had put pressured Hazelbrook last time. So, I mean, if he really wants to use one to, you know, to push the pace, it would, it seems to me, it would definitely be the one. It wouldn't be the five unless they're just going slow. I mean, the fives is by far well, the best horse he has in the race. They're not going to throw yeah, him away maybe, but, you know, as yeah, a rabbit. Trust me, listen, listen. I've seen races where he's had three three favorites and the fourteen to one shot wins the fourth horse. I'm telling you, it's just mind boggling what what I see down here. And the, the five, this race was two furlongs. The five five might beat the one any day of the week. I don't think it makes no sense to do it. I know that, but I'm just saying, it just happens over and over. And this is not just this year. You know, we're going three, four years where he, he sends three of them to the front and they like block. And, you know, and they back it down. He sends rabbits and you don't know which one, you know, this could all be coincidence. I could, or I could be out of my mind, but I, I doubt it very much. There's something to keep in mind. I don't know what he's going to do, but every time he's got three of them like that, it's always, there's always a game plan. Okay. Well, that caveat 
keep that caveat in mind, folks. And let's move on to the next race, which is the Woodbine Mile. Grade one, mile on turf, purse of a million dollars for three-year-olds and up. Tommy, you got good news for us? Yeah, I, I love Cheryl Spike. I know Modern Games and the other Euro, they're, they're, they're real good horses. You know, some nice horses in here, but, you know, R- Roger Adfield, he won that mile race, the Maker's Mile at Keeneland, and that horse at that time was just, just getting better and better and better in every way on the track, figs. And then, you know, run another race, run a flat, funny kind of race at Churchill. And, and I've seen Roger over the years. Then he goes on the dirt and then he goes seven furlongs. He, he's not a, a dreamer or a dumb man. He's really been, I think right from the maker's mile, he's been pointing this horse to this race. And, wouldn't even be surprised to have a good show on in the Breeders' Cup. It's the way he trains. So if you look at it fig-wise, and you'll see how he ran his best fig in that Keeneland race, and if you take a four-race progression, even though it's not, I think that's where he is tomorrow, this horse. Whether it's good enough or not, who knows? Like I don't really know how good Modern Games is. I know the other one, if you look at the you know, some of the time for, you know, they, they look like the same, you know, Ivar's a nice horse. Last year's Chantown Cruz, you know, he, he's really improved from the second start, but I, I think he needs, I don't think he's the same horse. I think he needs a couple more to get up to the top. But for me, I'm going to go down with Cheryl Spike Colt and that's it. Cheryl Spite, one for three at the distance, and that one for three was in the maker's mark, grade one at Keeneland this year. Chris, where are you at in this race? Yeah, I mean, Cheryl Spite seems like a lot. If you get the 12 to one, I could see that. She is giving weight to all these other horses, which, again, these conditions are strange. Uh, To me, you know, I get the modern games will probably get way over bet because of the connections and the fact that it ran a pretty good second to Baid, who's like the super horse in Europe right now. So I think that creates some value in a race. I wouldn't have expected it so much. And that's with the two horse Ivar. I think he's, he's an absolute standout in here. Um, Always have liked him. His best races are always in the fall. His best races are always second off the layoff. Uh, I, he surprised me a little bit and how well he ran off the bench last time, but, um, I think that was strictly a prep for this. I think he's going to like, you know, the one turn mile would seem to be ideal for him. There seems like there'll be plenty of pace in here with a couple of speed burners up front, unless something strange happens. You know, I just think he's much the best in here. And, um, the fact he's not going to be the favorite. In fact, he'll probably be a distant second choice is, is really good value. So, Really strong here with Ivar. I think uh, Super Sensational and Ivar are both really solid um, horses that won't be favored, but are by far the most likely winner in my mind. Yeah, another. You know, you 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 you're commenting about weight, right? But it's not important that this horse Ivar is in a Grade One and has never run a one-turn mile. I don't think it has. That he's never run a one-turn mile. You don't think that's mile. important? I'm just uh, looking at I his think, last A race. 
eight races. He's never run here. I don't know. Is there anywhere else he could have run a one-turn mile? Kentucky Belmont? Downs? Is that is that is that a one-turn mile? Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky Downs is 19 turns, the way it looks on TV. <laughs> it's a zigzag. Well, he ran yeah. in Argentina a couple. He has a win at seven furlongs, which I'm sure was a one-turn race, and probably the mile he won was a one-turn race. But I'm not too worried about it. I think the one turn's not going to hurt him at all. It's That long stretch is going to be to his advantage. Um, you know, I, I think, if anything, uh, he's this is the weakest field he's faced um, uh, compared to what he was running against last year. His last one was just a prep. But um, last year he was facing the best horses and holding his own and winning sometimes. Uh, and I think he's been pointed for this. I think I think, if anything, the one turn is going to benefit him, especially with the long stretch. So you know, I just think he stands out in here. Uh, I think he's much the best. Unless modern games can, you know, can improve uh, off of his, you know, races in Europe. And, you know, anything Applebee brings over for Godolphin, I all respect. Um, but to me, a three-year-old against a good older horse, you know, I think, you know, that's really looks pointed for a big effort. I, I am, uh, and it's going to be a much better price. I think Ivar's, you know, definitely the value. Well, <clears throat> I, this is another race where I have your two picks. I'm using both your two picks. It's another race, the third race that I have the same top pick as Tommy Hammer, and that is Cheryl Spite. Yeah, it seems kind of strange that I'd pick Cheryl Spite over Ivar when Ivar's getting four pounds from Cheryl Spite. But Cheryl Spite was, you know, there, there's some, there's a story in the racing forum about Cheryl Spite. Uh, the trainer said that he, he was overheated in his last race, that he like thought thought about scratching him because it was too hot. It was too, you know, it wasn't going to be good conditions for him. Then he he ran him and he ended up having like some kind of <clears throat> a heat condition afterwards. He was really pissed off at himself. And um, not only that, but the uh, the horse got into a brushing match with a horse in the stretch. They kept on pumping each other. And if you look at it from the side, it really looks like they were leaning on each other. I think you could toss the race. And it was still a good effort. And it was against a speed flow. And his best race, again, that Tommy mentioned, it was at a mile at Keeneland this year, which um, was his best race since he was a three-year-old. And I think he's he's just he's run really well since then. So I think net, the horse is just getting it. He's manifesting his talent um, this year. And, I, you know, he, he is carrying that top weight, but he will be 10 to 1 at the least. The other horse is Ivar. He got the the one negative is that he did get an absolutely perfect trip in the last race versus a very hot pace. They ran 22 and 45, and um, he may get that again. So he he has to be used. I also find it hard to believe that he'd be as high as four to one because he was pretty hammered in his last race. I, I'd I'd I would I would expect more like five to two, maybe three to one, but. Um, those are the two for me. And um, in modern games, you know, I, I don't know. I might, I'm, you know, I, I would use, I would, I might use him, but I wouldn't use him on the same ticket as Mysterious Knight. Um, that's all I got on the race. So here's the question I have for you guys. Do you really think you'll get 12 to 1 on Cheryl Spite? I mean, that horse was like 8 to 1 in the Maker's 
mark mile at Keeneland. Now it's on its home track. I I can't believe you're going to get 12 to 1. I mean, to me, that horse could be the second I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll explain why you will. Because when it won the Maker's Mark, every speed fig player loved it, the way it was progressing, progressing. All of that is into the CRW's fucking algorithm. Excuse my language. And and this time, that progression rating. isn't there. <laughs> yeah. Now we've got explicit yeah. wow. explicit next to our... Uh, our... <laughs> Our pod name. explicit about that. It's the greatest word in the dictionary. It's a verb, adverb, noun, pronouns, subjective, discussive noun, whatever you want to call it. Tommy, this is anyway, a family sorry podcast. About it's a family Yeah, podcast. I've been good. I've been good. I'm allowed one mulligan. Yeah, so I just, every time I bring up the CRWs, I get bitter. So I think the, if there was a place to use it and there's a little bit of hate, it was directed in the right place. Yeah, and I, I just know by the, the the figs and that, yeah, you'll get 12 to 1 easy, and I, I think Ivar is going to get that through the board. Might even be the chalk. All right, we'll see. I, I disagree, but we'll see. The only one other horse I'll mention other than um, Ivar is Get Smoking. Um, I mean, if he and Town Cruise hook up in a duel and Town Cruise can, can stay with get smoking then he has no chance but you never know uh maybe town cruise can't keep up with him maybe town cruise breaks poorly or something uh he could be dangerous if he gets loose i don't think that's going to happen but just a, he's the kind of horse i'm always leery about just ignoring assuming there's one other horse that can can push him because sometimes that one other horse either doesn't go or has trouble or something so um if Assuming they both break well and, and are sent, then then I, you know, doubt get smoking can take that kind of pressure and hang on. Like there's just always that chance that's not the way the race unfolds. And if that happens, he's kind of dangerous, I think. Yeah, I worry about it the other way around. I think Tom Cruise, if anything, is not gonna clear, but it's probably quicker. Tom Cruise used to be uh, like a six furlong speedball before, you know, he got good. Shows a race there on the turf. He went 22-45 on a yielding turf course. But he used to be like a six furlong synthetic speedball when he first started. So I think I think if you know the race was two furlongs, I think Tom Cruise would beat him. But you know I'm worried about him getting loose. He's getting better and better, and and the way Tom Cruise is going to take back. So that's kind of the inverse, same logic, just the other horse. So, but I mean, yeah, either yeah, one of them. Yeah, I think Town Cruise. If they, yeah. yeah, I think Town Cruise is quicker, and if Town Cruise gets beat out of the gate, he's not going to take back. He's going to go engage right away, where Hernandez might just let him go and, and you know come outside and sit second. Interesting. I mean, get smoking always goes for the lead. It's simple as that. I mean, that's that's the way he runs. So yeah, I, no. I, but, yeah, both both of them should, but I'm just saying I know one of them can't do it any other way. I don't know if yet, you know, and I've seen Hernandez kind of ride that type of race, just you know, just sit off the flank of the other speed instead of going head and head. Well, it should be a great but race. Then again, get smoking could be in there to set up March to the Arch. So, right yeah it's it's confusing i'm telling you I, he did it he did it he did it uh, uh the first race of the year for town cruise 
Mark Cassie did it, sent two horses after him. And it cost, it cost, I think the horse who finished third or the, the rabbit he sent, it really cost him the race because this horse wasn't even nowhere near being ready. Yeah, well, it definitely would make no sense not to send Get Smoking in here. So um, I'm sure that's what they'll do, assuming he breaks clean. Uh, my my only point was just if somehow Town Cruz doesn't break well or they decide not to go or he's just not quick enough to stay with Get Smoking, Get Smoking might be dangerous. I think Tommy's saying the inverse of that, just if for some reason they don't send Get Smoking or he doesn't break or he can't keep up with him, maybe Town Cruz is dangerous. But just speed's always dangerous. And when there's only two speed horses, especially in a turf route, you can't always count on them, you know, hooking up. Even in a dirt race, um, you can't always count on it. And if, if they don't, or, uh, you know, whichever one gets the lead could be dangerous. Yeah, um, I, I guess Mighty Heart's not really going to contend the pace, but he could. So that, that, that's just a, a additional speed. And then War Stopper also is uh, a bit of a speed horse. So... You know, like Mighty Heart's last win was on the lead. Yeah, Mighty Heart yeah, can't keep I, I up the town crew who's no. going a mile and a quarter. You know what I mean? No, you can't keep up. Yeah, it's he, the only he thing no you can do, to, but you still can't keep up. He might get a trip behind those two. That's probably what they're going to try to do, but there's no way he can keep up with them early, you know, at least not for long. He, he's just not nearly as fast. Right. Yeah, I, I think he definitely shouldn't even be in this race. I feel pretty comfortable that there, that there's there's going to be a pretty solid pace, but but you're you're right, Chris. Uh, this does happen sometimes. Uh, it happened once. It happened with um, uh, Tribuvan, I think, in the Manhattan, where no no horse. Uh, I think it was maybe it was um, uh, Channel Channel, not Channel Cat. Who's the other ch channel maker? Uh, didn't didn't break and 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 let him get away with a nice easy lead. So so there is always that worry. And yeah, honestly, down 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 yeah, I don't get I don't um expect it to happen. I'm just saying that's one scenario that I wouldn't completely discard. Um I think Ivar is gonna get a perfect setup and blow past the, the field, but Maybe I, I should say I hope. Uh, I think that's a more likely scenario for sure. Or maybe Cheryl Spite, if if, if Cheryl Spite's good enough. I, I just, I, regardless of how good or bad their recent trips were, Cheryl Spite has never run a race good enough to beat Ivar at his best. So I don't know why, as a five-year-old, after like 20 starts, Cheryl Spite's going to suddenly run better than Ivar. That's the part I don't quite see why the case you're making, Scott. I kind of think Tommy just thinks Cheryl Spite's better, but you really think no, she's going to no, run? No, I, no, I make a great case. I said, if you look at the, the maker's mark mile, right, and then you take the next three figs and progress them higher as better, and then today, she's there. She's way past there. I'm telling you that's his plan. She's, she wasn't even near her, or he wasn't even near his best then. There's a lot more to this horse. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's that, that's 
the the angle I have. I mean, so he he ran his best race. Uh, it's one of those names that sounds like a girl horse, but it's it's actually a guy. Um, <clears throat> uh, ran best race of his life in the Keeneland race, then was on that wonky Churchill Downs turf course, X out, then was on the dirt versus mind control. And then in his last race was uh, overheated and still ran a small top uh, against a speed flow. I think Sheryl's fight, uh, I, I mean, to me, Sheryl's fight is the alternative to Ivar, but I, I, I totally, I, I 100% agree that Ivar is the most likely winner. Okay. All right. Uh, Ivar is also 04 without latex. Look at his recent form. It's two wins. He's had Lasix, no Lasix today. Yeah, but his race in the Breeders' Cup was awesome. He had a horrible trip and only got beat a length and a half. You could all argue he was the best horse in the race. Um, I mean, he ran yeah, huge. Yeah, Ninety to one shot win. win. That, that race wasn't that great. That, that's a turf race. So, you know, they, they come. He comes and gets beat two lengths every start. No, he was parked in the impossible post. Yeah, I'm talking about the Breeders' Cup. He was parked out wide, no chance from that post. No, I was looking at the previous. It was won by the favorite. Two favorite favorite won the race, or at least the second choice. I mean, Space Blues was a Appleby horse. Uh, I mean, I know I I I played him. Yeah, I know. I know. Smooth like straight came second. Yeah, Smooth Like Straight right. came second, and, and Cheryl Spike, uh, you know, made Smooth Like Straight look like a 20 claimer at Keeneland. Max? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> he sure did. All right, well, watch that okay, we'll again. see, you know, we'll, we'll see. He, was, we'll he see jumped over works. He jumped over Smooth Like Straight in the stretch. <laughs> I think Scott and I pretty much agree um, on this, actually, uh... even though he's... I'm not sure if Tommy and I agree, but I do think they Scott allow Lasix? I, I don't like no Lasix. I don't like no Lasix. I don't like the horse running one turn on the turf after 10 key turn races at that price where he's probably going to be co-favored or close to it. Believe me, the big money bet in the pools ain't looking at Baye. He ran second to Baye. They're looking at Figs. Uh, I, is is Lasix allowed in Argentina? If Lasix no. is allowed in Argentina... Then, oh, well, I mean, no. there's no, there's no sign. There's no Lasix. Uh, well, they, I'm just telling for... you, they don't let them. I mean, I don't know how could they test for anything, but they're not <laughs> supposed to run on Lasix. Okay. Cars. So he, so he's got three wins uh, <laughs> off of Lasix. Uh, yeah, Argentinian Argentina. races don't matter. All these horses would be 12 for 12 in Argentina. So it's not really about that. All right. All right. I, so I, we'll, I, we'll see I, what happens. Yeah, I, I, I was the beneficiary of, of respecting the Argentine form and having Ivar in the Shadwell Turf Mile at fourteen to one. So, so I, I respect those Argentine numbers. But, but let's move on to the tenth race. It is the Natalma, a mile on the turf, purse of five hundred thousand for two-year-old fillies. Chris's turn to get us started. Yeah, and here, um, there's no Appleby horse. There's no Chad Brown horse. It's pretty soft field. Um, but I really like the three horse G Lowry. 
Um, the speed figure is not great out of his last race, but it was it won easily on the turf on debut. I don't think the number means much. And I, I think I talked about this when um, uh, Spinderella ran that you would think Graham Motion does really good with first timers going long on the turf, but he doesn't. His numbers are really bad. And he does much better second time out. And when they do run a big race on debut, that usually means they're a really good horse and they're going to really improve. And uh, in fact, for two-year-olds making their second start routing on the turf when they, they win in on debut, he's five for 13, eight for 13 in the money. And remember, that's against winners, usually in stakes races uh, for two-year-olds off of wins. So... I think this horse is going to run a really big race and, you know, you've got the good trainer, you've got the good rider. And the other big advantage I think is this is the only horse that's already been a route of ground, which has got to give, give it a, a fitness edge over the other horses. Um, there's others in here that are bred to, to improve going long. So I'm not saying it means that, you know, she's from, has a stamina edge, but I think a fitness edge and having already gotten the, you know, a mile on the 16th, now cutting back to a one-turn mile. And this horse, I think, is going to run a big race. Uh, I don't know how they're going to bet this race. Might even be the favorite. I don't know. But I think it's the, the most likely winner. To illustrate Chris's point, Graham Motion, first-time turf, first-time starter turf route, four for 102. That's four wins out of 102 starts. So, uh, so yeah, this is a special one. Tommy, where are you at on this race? Yeah, I'm on the same horse. I wish the three would have got beat 60 lengths last time and not recorded a fig. I'd still be on him because Ray Motion has done this in the past. He's got me at Keeneland. You'd have a horse that get a perfect trip at uh, Laurel come seven. He's in a tough maiden special weight at Keeneland. He's five for one, and I'm laughing and zoom and zoom, you know. So I just wish he didn't show a good race at all first time out. I would, I would have land. Believe me, if he had a zero buyer and he got beat a hundred lengths, I'd be betting on this horse. And basically, when you look at the rest of them, if he can beat one of these, he can probably beat them all. They're all, you know, and they're all close to each other. They're all been, most of them have raced against each other. Yeah, just you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he gets better than the morning line, or at least the morning line. I think he will. But yeah, I, I couldn't go to anyone else. Well, I, I don't think the horse will be higher than the morning line because it's a Sport of Kings triple barrel <laughs> pod pick. <laughs> Gee, Lori. We haven't had any other ones of those today. It's the first time I think Tommy yeah, and but, I you know, agreed. Yeah, but if you look at the figs, right? If you look at the figs, and believe me, the figs determine the odds. That's why I don't I don't use I just use them so I just you know, so I know where they're gonna land on. No, you, you know, the computer money comes in. This horse is gonna, you're going to get four to one on them. I'm telling you, guarantee. Well, I, I, I hope you're right, but, but I do notice uh, that when horses win super impressively in their debut, they usually get bet, <clears throat> and G. Laurie is one of those horses. Um, it reminds me of another motion, Manny Franco, two-year-old who ran well on the turf a couple of years ago. Who was that horse? She won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Philly. Shared. Shared. 
shared interest shared something shared interest or something like that but <laughs> to me this horse reminds me of spinderella who won earlier this year in a similar kind of race where she had broke her maiden impressively it was her second start in the stakes at caneland i made her a stone cold single off of the you know the fact that she might might be a special one and she turned out to be really nice and i think i don't know if this is another spinderella but i think this horse has some ability and probably is a notch above the rest I think you made her a Sammy Stone cold single. <laughs> but but uh, that 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 is the fourth race in a row that I am uh, that Tommy and I are on the same horse. So uh, I feel pretty good about our picks, Tommy. Uh, any other yeah, horses? All that- I know is my if my horses comes in, the pick five will pay nothing. <laughs> right, that's right, because you're going to have a hundred on a cold. Yeah, I can give you a, a, I'll give you, since we, we got Tommy the hammer on, I'll give you a, a single in every race to hit the pick five today. I mean, tomorrow at Woodbine. You play one, five, two, three, eight, and you'll hit the pick five with stone cold, straight, one horse in each leg. And if I'm right, you guys are totally wrong because I'll say for the last leg, because you and I are on different horses than all the other legs. One five two three eight. There you go. There's your pick five. Yeah, well, although I think I'm using all your picks. Two horses, cold, 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 cold. I think and you I said four colds. I think it's going to be two dollars or a dollar. Two combinations. Okay. Well, um, we haven't really finished talking about this race. Um, I, I do think some other horses do have a shot, uh, and I'm not. I wouldn't single G. Lori. I think Adora is uh, has ran pretty well in that last race. It was her first time on the t- turf. Um, I think Cairo Consort, you know, the horse is the favorite, but was in and among horses and ran pretty impressively in the last race. And I think Wickenheiser also merits uh, respect being like eight wide in that last race. Um, I, yeah. Do you guys like any of those other horses? Uh, the, the other two no, that like, I was interested like in. Okay. Yeah, well. the, the, the other two that I was interested in are really more off of the breeding, and that's the four last call and the eight star candy are both really bred and prove um, with uh, added distance. So, you know, to me, this is wide open. If G. Lowry or Lowry or Lowry, however you pronounce that, um, isn't as good as I think she is. You know, any of them could win, and I'd I'd go for a big price if I was going to go past the three, and that would be probably the four or the eight. I think they're just as good as any in there and more likely to improve with the added distance. So that's the other two I'd consider. And if I bet this race, I might play, you know, G. Lowry or Lori over four last call and eight star candy. Yeah, that last call is uh, out of English Channel, by English Channel. So um, I can see that. Okay, let's go to the last leg of the pick five. It is the 11th. It's an allowance optional claimer, mile 16th on the inner turf, purse of 101,200. Phillies, mares, three-year-olds and up. Tommy, what's your cold way to cap off this pick five? 
number five, Lido Keys. The, the claim of the century has never won a race. Run second to a Bearcat Capiche. Run second to another good horse season. They're just trouble in second. Last time was a, a lone speed wire to wire. You know, Emmeline stole the race. This horse just got to break through sooner or later. I, I, I'm not a guy who believes in horses or hangers or not hangers, but sucker horses don't want to win. I know you can't, you, they could just as easily be overachievers that, you know, are running over their heads and just can't win. But this horse has run so many good races, man. And it's just, it's got to break through sooner or later. It's got to. At five to two morning line, that's probably about right. Chris, where are you landing? Well, I, you know, I don't, I think that horse could win, but I definitely be betting against it at five to two. Um, to me, it kind of, there's a standout in here. I'm I, at the morning line. It looks like a good bet. I think it could end up being the favorite, but I think it's definitely the one to beat. And that's the eight horse bites down Cheryl. This is the classic second off a layoff four-year-old pattern um, coming off of what was clearly a prep and, and should be ready just to run a monster race. And it was already, you know, fast enough to win this race last year and it, it should be able to be a much better horse this year so it's clearly the one to beat it's the one i'll lean on the most if i play the pick five but i'm guessing it's going to get bet down well below that six to one morning line and if that's the case um there's a couple others that i think are potential win bets but i won't weigh in on that until you get a chance to to speak your piece scott well, it's interesting. I initially liked Spicetown Cheryl, and then I looked up the stat, <clears throat> which uh, I'm fond of looking up, and that is second off a layoff, sprint a route. How does the trainer do with that angle? And this trainer is 0 for 11 with one second and one third. So uh, I agree that the horse will be bet. Um, I <clears throat> would have a hard time not using it, but my pick in this race because these horses are so evenly matched is the one English biscuit. He's a new horse on turf. He was on the rail and navigated it well in his last to get up at 20 to one. He can get the same trip here and he has a little speed to get position. There's very little speed in this race. So I think he'll be up there maybe third, fourth uh, on the inside, saving ground. You know, he was able to do that in his last race and still win the race. You know, he 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 got a ground-saving trip, so his uh, speed figure, his sheet figure came up low, but he still won at 20-1. to 1. Uh, I would have a hard time um, picking some other horse. I did think that Lido Key had some trouble in his last on turf. He definitely, he, he totally bumped and, you know, bumped and checked in the, in the stretch. So I think he has to be used. Um, I, and I was, I was looking for, I was looking for some inspiration from you guys. Cause I, I feel like I could almost go with all on this race, but I would absolutely use English biscuit Lido key. And then I also throw in guileful who has had some trouble in his last few. And I think has to be used. Tommy, anything else you want to add? No, I think, you know, I don't like uh, Spike Town Cheryl because she's never been on this course and it's real tricky. And, and you know, Little Key against English Biscuit was 92 days the best that day. Now, I, I, I won't 
you know what I mean? It's just, I don't like the spread anyway, but still, to me, this horse is like, I look at the form for five seconds, it's a key, and that's it, on to the next race, or I don't, I don't Lito is the key. I think the, horse, I, I think the horse lays over the field, him and the eight lay over the field, and the eight's going to get, you know, hung maybe early by the seven, or have to come back, and, and just horses have not run on the inners, you know, our inner turf course is definitely, uh, you know, uh, a course for horses or horses for courses. Well, I will say that one-on-one English Biscuit has had Leo Key's number. <laughs> the yeah, one time no, they raced against each other. Yeah, he beat him by a head when, when Leo Key was 92 days the best in that race. I and know Lito it. Key was 92 days the best last time on the synthetic. Yeah, no, hey, look, uh, you know, that's the thing about Lido Key, guys, right? You know, we're, we're doing, you guys got me on to do a pick five, right? So I got to look at it as a pick five and not as an individual bet. You know, if if I'm dead into the 11th race, I'm not I'm not spending a penny on that horse. I'm not spending a penny on G. Laurie. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep them in the pick four, but I'm not going to bet them in any way, shape, or form otherwise. You know, if I get to, if I'm out before Cheryl Spite, then, then I'll play Cheryl Spite. And then, you know, if I get the right price and play a pick three or something, but it, it's a bit different if you're looking at betting individual races or betting a pick. And, and to me, you know, like the G Laurie, G Laurie is my, my top pick. And, and if I don't go with my top pick and then it's a spread, so why spread? I, I, I don't get it. It's same like with you, Scott, you like English biscuits. Why would you want to use why would you want to use Lido Key? If you're looking at a pick five, if you're looking at a well, because Lido Lido Key, like you said, you know that was the race where Lido Key bumped solidly into another horse and, um, know, and then galloped that way ahead. Is, yeah, but if your top pick is fifteen to one, what do you need a five to two shot for? In case the five That's to two shot know. wins. <laughs> well, then use all 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 uh, that logic, right? Well. You know, I, I, I think you can, you, you don't have to hit the thing cold to, uh, to still benefit no, but, from it. But, uh, well, our philosophies are different. And my top pick's a long shot. I'm not saving with no truck. That's for sure. Right, right. Now, which horse, uh, is it the eighth race where you're using two? Is that the one yeah, you're using? Yeah, I'm using two because... I like the five. I think the five is over the field, but I, I don't. I don't trust the, the trainer and his intention, so I'm using another one. And that's it. In that race. I, you know the way I look at it. If the first leg, if if I think Philip My Dear is going to be a good price, so I'll key him. But if they're basically all three the same price, no use playing for me. I'll play the pick four. So if if I play a slim ticket where I go two cold, 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 instead of spreading, uh, spreading. So I'm off the first leg. I got, I got, I can still bet the pick three cold. I can still bet the late double. You know, there's options that way. You know, instead of spreading, I don't want. You know, you start when you start looking at this horse has a shot and this horse might like stretch. You know, it's like why you, you landed on a horse. You got a strong opinion on a horse. Stick to it, and that's it. That's yes, although I will say I have, <clears throat> I don't have a strong opinion. I, I, I picked English Biscuit for a combination of price, post position, and um, ability. But uh, but I had a really hard time with that race. And, you know, that's, that's how I feel. 
So, All right. so I, I still haven't really weighed back in on this race. So I would like to besides spice more besides spice besides, yeah which i i do think is is a strong uh i i much prefer that one over Lido key i if Lido key wins i'm i lose i don't like that horse at all the other horse i think is a real big threat to win not a big price but the seven horse big ben Louisiana could easily clear and especially on the inner turf of the tighter turns uh, I think that horse is real dangerous on the front end. So to me, you know, that's one you, you've got to consider. And then the horse you mentioned, Guileful, I thought, I agree, that horse, it, you know, has some upside, I still think, certainly an excuse since last race. Um, and I, you know, I'm not big on spreading either, but I'll use uh, as a backup long shots that I like, um, I'm not going to just go stone cold single in every race. And I, when I play the pick five, it doesn't mean I'm not going to play any other pools. And like, especially at Woodbine, the, the best pool to play at Woodbine is the win in, in the daily double because the takeout and I'll, Tom, he doesn't care about takeout, but I do. And, um, the takeout is much better. It's like less than 15% for a daily double, which is really good. Very few tracks have lower than that. While the pick five is like a really bad 25% takeout. So, you know, yeah. if I play a pick five, it's going to be a, a small ticket, but I'll be definitely looking to play to win and, and looking at doubles in the sequence. Yeah, I really don't bet to win at all. But if you look at the doubles, though, if you're betting any kind of money, if you're betting a $40 double and you got a price involved, well, you are the takeout. You're taking it out on your own. You're, you're killing your price. There's small pools. I know it's 15%, but the pool size is real small. If you're betting, you know, $50 double, six to five on the three to one, you're not going to make a dent. But trust me, you, you, you play any kind of money with prices in those double pools, you are creating a takeout. You're, you're destroying yourself. Never mind a yeah. takeout. I think they did 18 million on this card last year. So I just wondering, like, are they ignoring and, the double takeout? The, the, the double yeah, pool thing, on a day like CRWs, Yeah, the CRWs are not in those in the double pools because of the 15%. So it's, you know, I, I, I rather, when I got a strong opinion, I rather play, you know, where I can get insulated from their money. I, I know I can bet, you know, in the exact pool or the triactor pool or something like that, I can make a big bet into the pools and I know the CRWs are going to correct everything for me. And the doubles, no way. You're just, you're just cannibalizing yourself. You're betting any kind of money and including any kind of prices. Well, the biggest pools of the year will be tomorrow at Woodbine. So that's probably not as big of an issue tomorrow as it would be on a regular day. Um, and for the typical players who aren't betting $100 doubles, I would definitely recommend they look at the doubles um, because it is a good value from a price standpoint uh, for the smaller players. And the win takeout is very reasonable at Woodbine as well. The exactas, trifectas, yeah. pick fives. I'll pick tell you why I don't care about. Bad. I'll tell you why I don't really care about. I understand takeout's important in that, but for me personally, it's. I'm not the guy who's grinding to make plays to get rebates. That's not me, right? And I'll give you a story back. I, I bet the, the the Dubai World Cup or whatever it's called, the, the big race for billions of dollars, I bet it once in my life. 
and it just happened somebody sent me some replays and and I, and I came on a horse called Prince Bishop and I love Prince Bishop. I go California Chrome Camp. There's, I don't think anyone can warm this horse up. And I remember I'm at Gulfstream. I'm talking to a friend of mine, and he goes, he goes, you're here early, right? And he's there. He owns horses. And I go, yeah, I'm here to bet this horse. He goes, you know what the takeout is on that? He goes, you're out of your mind. I go, I go, this horse is 16 to one or 18 to one. I go, did they already take the the takeout out? He goes, yeah. I go, so 16 to one on a horse I think should be three to one, seven to two. Where do you perceive a takeout? That takeout's in your mind. It's not in my mind. You know, I'm getting I'm getting 16 to one on a seven to two shot. I don't care if it's a 99% takeout in my mind. And so when I look at it, I just look at, you know, there's the price on my double. Is that enough? Well, why think about whether it's 15% or 25% doesn't matter if it's not the right price. So, good, you know, good point. in general, I understand takeout, but that way, what's the difference? I'm looking at a price. Is it good enough? Yeah. What am I going to, what am I going to start doing, you know, counting other people's money? It's just insanity to me, you know. Did, did well, he win? Well, but in the example you... In the like example you are going to play something. Tom. You're not going to play something without knowing the price, right? You're not going to just accept any price. Well, you don't know so what the prices are in pools that don't have visibility into them, like a trifecta pool or a pick three or a pick four or a pick five. You don't yeah, know no, what I'm the just saying those, those, You those can estimate it. These, no, these days, these days, it's almost a science. You know, in those big pools where there's big, you know, where there's a high takeout, you know, the CRWs are going to correct it. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind. They correct it. But uh, I asked in the example you. Uh, you oh. I was I was trying to uh, figure out. Tommy did Prince Bishop this the one that was sixteen to one. Did it win? Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he some guy showed me a replay on a horse that was going to be a favorite in that race, and I saw this horse. Uh, he went to the front twice, broke to the lead. He sat right in behind horses, and then he slowly backed through the field to last, came out wide, and came flying. And I, I was interested. Who's this horse? I said to my buddy, I go, I go, you know, you showed me, you told me to watch this horse. But I go, look at this Prince Bishop horse. I go, what kind of? Then he pulled out an article where the trainer said he ran those races because the dirt was bothering him, or whatever they were running on was hitting him in the head. And he goes, our game plan is to go dead last, stay five length behind everyone. And when he makes his move, go 10 wide, stay away from anyone. I go, that sounds like a great solution to me. And that's what he did. And he dusted the California Chrome that day. But the, in the example you gave, if you have lower takeout, then instead of 16 to one, he's 20 to one or 22 to one or 24 to one. So I know, in the but I got 16 term, to one. I know oh, I'm we're not, not looking, know, you know, I'm I'm not, so I'm not saying you don't, I agree with you. I agree with you. If you're a rebate player, if you're a rebate player and a grinder, you're looking, we're looking at it different. You're looking at long-term trying to grind out replays. I'm looking, the bet I made today, is that the right price? Am I getting value in my mind? Yeah. What do I care if the rebate's 80% or 8%? I'm getting the right but price. If you're, like I said, right, I'm not going to count what, other people's money. I should have. I should have. I could have kept my money in my pocket and lost. But if I'm getting no, the right price after the takeout is already there, I understand what, that. I hate the takeout. I, I know it's too high, but it doesn't factor into my mind. It shouldn't. That's the right price. I'm getting the right price should. after the takeout. It, That's it, all that matters. It, that You're right. That it, 
that you that's essential. But if you want to find places where you're going to get those kinds of prices, you're more likely to find them in the more favorable takeout pools than the less favorable. You're not going to get 16 to one on that horse when the takeout's high. It's going to be lower and it's not going to be as good. Yeah, that's of a fine. Pet. I so, know. I, I, I can't do nothing about that except abstain. And I'm good at abstaining. I can stay away from betting. It's easy for me. Right. It's and, a horrible but price. if you want to. Right. But just it's like you can you're right. If you got a big fish on the hook, reel it in. But if you're when you go fish in a pond where you know that you're more likely to catch a big fish, you're better off fishing there than the one where you're not. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, the pools you want to fish in are the ones with the lower takeout. And even if you're grinder, you know, if you're a winner, you're better off with low takeout than with rebates because rebates pay you back when you lose or win but where you get killed on the takeout is when you win so if you're making a profit without factoring in any kind of rebate you're better off if they lowered the takeout than if you lower the rebate if you're losing money then yeah you're you're losing more than you win and you're better off with a rebate because you get the rebate back on your losses but um no i agree i agree with that but but you're, well, you're talking about fishing, right? This solution to only catching big fish is by putting a huge hook on there that the little fish can nibble on. At least when my hook like goes that. in there, there's only a big fish coming. I'm just saying your opportunities at those 16 to 1 overlays are come fewer and far between the higher the takeout gets. And if you're betting in I'm the patient. 25 I got. Take, I know. I get it. I get it. But I'm not horny to bet. I'm patient. I don't like taking yeah, the but, worst of it. But, but why not? Be it's able all right. To bet more it's, often? All... it's still better well, to, be able to bet that twice. But you want you want to you might want to you might want to play. I just want to win. I don't care about well, more often. Don't you I play win one more? track? I play. Yeah, but that, I do because I'm not I'm not going to be anal and say the takeout's too high in this race. Let me blow, let me not take this opportunity. No, I'm just saying, don't even look in those pools. Don't waste your time in those where you're only going to find at one in a hundred races. Look I'm, in I'm races not looking in those pools. I'm looking. Better. I'm looking at races. I'm looking at races, and I put them together. So the way I play, I'll look at that late pick five. I skip one leg. I see here. Here we are. I couldn't care if the pool, if the takeout was forty percent. I'm two horses onto cold, 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 and I know if they come in, I'm going to make the score. What else but if matters? the takeout was there's, there's the my opportunity was, is right there. My opportunity is score? there to make a score with small money. What what where should I go look? Where should I go look? Your, go look at a mandatory payout at a track I never play and play a twenty cent pick six, thinking, Oh, look at there's no takeout today. But but then the, the CRWs come in and destroy me anyway, even though there's no takeout. There is a takeout. Where the opportunities land, I could care less what they are. Really, I could I could care less what the takeout is. I really could. If I'm getting the right price, that's all that matters. Everything else, you're just cluttering your brain for no reason. Um, I guess well, we just agree to disagree. Well, when, I mean, when, I don't know why you'd be happy with less money. Um, even if you hit the score, <laughs> but I'm not being happy with less money. I'm, 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 you're betting. I want to bet. I want to bet where I can win, not where I'm getting the best price. And, and if if my price is good enough for me, like if I'm getting four to one on a two to one, what do I care if the rebates 
80%. I'm still 20% the best of it. I can't think I, of what should be and what should have been. If, if you really want to start talking about take, like maybe you shouldn't be betting horses because it's, you know, it's robbery. So I play a way to overcome it, whatever it is. I cash, I cash Hong Kong, Hong Kong. The takeout was, if you look at it, they take out 25%. And then from the remaining 75%, they take half of that out to the play school. So it's like a 62.5% takeout. I still cashed over a million. I know it's not going to happen again in my lifetime. It might, but what did the takeout have to do with that? You know, it's like a 62, but you, there's the opportunity. There's an opportunity to make money in, in this sequence. Why should I go to another sequence? Well, you know, while we're why should still... I bet a daily double? Why should I bet a daily double that's two to one on the three to one when I can play the pick three on the 12 to one? So my takeout just doubled, a big deal. I can make a score. That same $100 bet on the double, that'll get me back 1000 now can get me back 8000 12000 14000 yeah. well, Why, hey, why look, waste it? It's, why, a, long, it's double, a long range game. No. The math, you know, I understand the math, right? And, 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 and I'm, I'm telling you, I see bad habits in horse racing. And when you become a rebate player, it's okay to get, get the, you know, the bigger the rebate you got, you're in the worst pool anyway, but... You start thinking of of making bets rather than winning bets because you're getting the rebate. Hey, that, you know, if you're one of these guys with an algorithm and that computer betting stuff, that's fine. That's your gig. But I'm a horse player, a handicapper, and and I just look at it different to overcome the overcome the the takeout. I, I see the price is right. What is there to think of? I'm getting sixteen okay. to one on something that's three to one in my mind, my right. program. You know, I think, how much take-in is that? I think both both your points are valid. Whatever works for, uh, if it's working for you, Tommy, which it clearly is, then uh, roll with it. Um, while you guys were having that conversation, I just happened to notice that English Biscuit, my top pick in the 11th, is three for four at a mile or more. He's three for four. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. And um, do you guys have any spot plays, any other plays on the card? No, and then the three weeks from now, I'll tell you, I got a horse for you, English Biscuit. He's three for five at the distance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Then let me tell you that story. A friend of mine, a friend of mine in high school, right? So we're starting out to gamble on sports, and he goes to me, "How much money do you have?" I go, "What do you mean in my pocket?" He goes, well, "How much money do you have?" I go, "I got about six hundred dollars in the bank." He goes, "Get it." I go, "What's up?" He goes, "The." Uh, the Flyers, Philadelphia Flyers, are playing at one o'clock tomorrow on Saturday because the the Celtics are playing at night. He goes, they're sixteen and two in Saturday afternoon games. So I bet they lost. About six weeks later, he goes, how much money do you have? I go, why? He goes, the Philadelphia Flyers are sixteen and three when they play, and I fuck them to hit them. Excuse me, I popped them right in the mouth. <laughs> Hey, yeah, but uh, there's a there's a big difference between uh, afternoon and the, and and having a good record at the distance. So, and yeah, the and, difference was at night I wouldn't have lost my six hundred. <laughs> yeah, and 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 English Biscuit beat your single uh, on the square at twenty to one versus no, it wasn't uh, Lito on the Keys square. two to one. No, go watch the replay. It wasn't hey. on the square. Hey, <laughs> you just said it too. You 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 you're the I, one who told me about all the trouble. I know, I know, I, I know. But my point is you I shouldn't be casting shade on English Biscuit. He's a solid pick. 
<laughs> okay. I I don't like either one. I did have a spot play, but it's not at, at Woodbine. It's at Belmont. You want it or do you want to just <laughs> wrap it up? <laughs> Your call, Scott. <laughs> All right, real quick, real quick. All right, it's the seventh at Aqueduct, well, at whatever they call an Aqueduct right now. Um, it's the Mile and Three Ace Jockey Club Oaks Invitational. Mrs. Yearwood, the five horse, she is bred to run all day. They tried her on the turf last time and she ran well um, in her first turf race. Now they stretch her out to the long distance. And I think her breeding is really going to help her. And she clearly had an affinity for the turf. And she's eight to one in a small field. And I think you'll get that maybe more at Number five, Mrs. Yearwood in the Belmont seventh race. Okay, well, great. Hey, great discussion. Um, really look forward to hey, seeing these on, races. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to about to lay a bomb on you guys unless you want to end it. <laughs> all right. Okay, okay, all right. You, you weren't you weren't forthcoming earlier, but yeah, let's lay, lay it out. What happened us. with the three-man rotation? I didn't say nothing. I was just waiting for you to tell me it was my turn. <laughs> I know Scott, you go last. I don't know whether it be or Chris go first or second. Uh, uh, we want to get Okay, lay it, lay it on yeah, us, race, Tommy. Race six, number six, Meridamen, second time out. Trainer's a bit sneaky. Uh, the jockey's not there for no reason. The guy will, and he got beat 33 lengths, but I'm not worried about that. Just, I think I think he's going to just get all loose on the lead as the track's kind of playing his way as a shot to steal it. Yeah, and uh, you can I don't play know, the, the double into the out of uh, Pioneer, the Nile Mare, Brett to go run long. 20 to 1. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and that yeah. low takeout double into Sammy Stone <laughs> in the next race. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the old John Mateen angle. John Mateen average win payoff is like $80. So. Yeah, bombers, bomber special. He's got a lifetime ROI of 180, which beats the takeout. He had one year where the last month of the season, he just paid $60, $80, $40, $60, $80. It was just insane. Well, good. I'll definitely be making a play on him. I haven't even looked at that race. Yeah, besides replacing a fence pole in my backyard, um, I'm going to be looking at these 12 Woodbine races. I'm looking forward to uh, a nice chill Saturday. What, did you drive your car into the fence or something? How, why do you need to replace a fence pole? <laughs> it's just old. It's just old and rickety. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't. Believe it or not, yeah. Believe it or not, having brought up a teenager, that fence pole was never touched by by a car. Or at least I don't think it was. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, great discussion, guys. Let's uh, let's let's hope our picks come in, especially yours and mine, Tommy. Except for the last race, and uh, I'd like to thank our guests. Yeah, you and you and Tommy are like copacetic on almost everything except for that last race so if if tommy's has a good day you're gonna have a good day and vice versa for sure absolutely except no, you weren't at the pregame meal uh chris 
Yeah, I guess I missed out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, thanks, Tommy the Hammer Massis for chatting with us. Really appreciate having you. Guys, thanks for putting up with me again. It's really an honor you guys keep inviting me back. I thank you. We love having you on. You're great, Tommy. And 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 the people like it too. The people yes, love it. They do. That yeah, will people conclude. are crazy, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That uh, now that will conclude show number one ninety of the Sport of Kings Pod. And and I and I will say I always say giddy up at the end during the music and I got that from you Tommy, so so honorary will have you say the giddy up after Chris says. See you on Sport of Kings. Uh, I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Uh, no, no, no. Wait, we haven't done it yet. We haven't done it yet. Oh, okay, too, too early. All right. I haven't. You got me all off. I haven't closed out the show yet. Okay, okay I'm closing it. it out. I'm closing it out right now. <laughs> That will conclude show number 190 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Woodbine and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Giddy up.